Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. First, right out of the shoot, a big collective thank you. A big hug from me to the audience. Thank you for the tremendous feedback on my big announcement yesterday. We will be moving into the noon to three spot on terrestrial radio stations across the country. Uh, Listen, folks, it's a tremendous honor. Your emails, your social media posts, some of your texts, people who know my number who text me, thank you. Thank, I mean it. Please look me in the eye. Horse blinders right here or horse blinkers as someone told me the call. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, it was um, my wife and I got a little choked up reading all your incredible emails. You are the most loyal audience in the business and your emails are so emotional. They really are touching. We read them, almost every one of them, which is rare because there's a lot. Thank you. All right. I've got a lot to cover today, including some explosive fireworks on Capitol Hill. Did you catch it? You maybe did. If you didn't, you'll catch it here. And also the disinformation specialists are back. The same clowns involved in the PP and collusion hoax, the PP hoax and the collusion hoax, they're back again trying to discredit the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Surf the web in peace. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get to it. But first, it is Friday, and I've been forgetting this lately. So, Producer Joe, oh. if you would you know help us out a little bit. Well, it's Friday. In yeah. Joe's worst 1960s game show voice. We've been doing it forever. We only had to skip it a few <laughs> times. So let's get right to the show. Today's show, as always, brought to you by our friends at ExpressVPN. All you need to do to surf the internet privately is turn on incognito mode in your browser, right? <laughs> no. And we're supposed to trust big tech with solutions to our online privacy? No way. That's absolutely incorrect. It doesn't matter what browser mode you use or how often you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider can see every single website you've ever visited, and they can even sell your data to advertisers. That's why I use ExpressVPN to keep my online data secure and private. We all use it. ExpressVPN makes sure your ISP and third-party trackers can't see your online activity and location. Does that by rerouting your connection to a secure encrypted server. In fact, ExpressVPN protects all of your data, regardless of whether you use incognito mode. ExpressVPN is you covered with easy-to-use apps for computers and mobile devices so you can use the internet with confidence. All you have to do is tap one button and you are protected. ExpressVPN is also the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market. That's why they're rated number one by CNET and Wired. So protect your online activity today. Don't wait another minute with the VPN we trust here to keep our online activity private. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino to learn more. Go today. All right, Joe, let's go. All right. A little bit of a delay there. It's all right. A little bit of a delay. Hey, uh, one more thing. Guy said to me that we were getting a bunch of questions. I'm sure Joe might have gotten them too. Again, what's going to happen with the podcast? I got a call from Business Insider yesterday. We get a bunch of media requests. The answer is absolutely nothing. I can't say that if nothing will happen to this podcast, you will now have two options, and I hope you take them both. Our terrestrial radio show coming May 24th on uh, radio stations across the country from noon to three, or the podcast, nothing's going to change. You have my word on that. Well, for as long as, assuming I, I'm alive and all, for, I, I can't promise nothing's going to change ever. I can only tell you <laughs> nothing's going to change anytime soon. All right? Just checking with that. I got a ton of questions on it. All right. 
Get new. <laughs> Got to throw that caveat in there, you know. Get new our first video of the day. Given my prior situation, maybe my wife's going to be like, why did you say that? I can tell. I always know. <laughs> I can read her mind. She listens to the show later. I'll be in the kitchen eating and she'll give me a look. She'll be like, and I'll know at what point in the show, 448. Here are the fireworks on Capitol Hill yesterday. So we've been living in a largely evidence-free environment when it comes to things, sadly, like the coronavirus where we have people who say things that are rarely backed up by science. And when we actually cite the science, those people get very uncomfortable because the people who are supposedly about the science don't like the science. Science doesn't care if you like it or not. That's the essence of science. The whole earth being round thing, it doesn't really care much if you think it's round or if you agree with it being round, it's just round. It's not flat. It doesn't care about your opinion. So Rand Paul had Dr. Fauci up on Capitol Hill yesterday, and he was asking him for some, basically some evidence on some of these assertions he's making about behavior we should engage in even after people are vaccinated. And Dr. Fauci got a little upset. It's weird how, you know, you would think a doctor interested in the scientific method, you know, hypothesis, testing, confirmation, evidence, that kind of stuff. Why does he get so upset when Rand Paul brought up actual data. I want you to check this out. On the other side of this, I want to talk about how, again, we've lost all of our ability right now to calculate risk and adjust our behavior as we wallow in just a sea of emotion and talking points. Watch Fout. He doesn't like this at all. Check this out. Given that no scientific studies have shown significant numbers of reinfections of patients previously infected or previously vaccinated, What specific studies do you cite to argue that the public should be wearing masks well into 2022? I'm not sure I understand the connection of what you're saying about masks and reinfection. We're talking about people who have never been infected before. You're telling everybody to wear a mask, whether they've had an infection or a vaccine. What I'm saying is they have immunity and everybody agrees they have immunity. What studies do you have that people that have had the vaccine or have had the infection are spreading the infection? If we're not spreading the infection, isn't it just theater? No, it's not. the vaccine and you're wearing two masks. Isn't that theater? No, that's not. Here we go again with the theater. Let's get down to the facts. Okay, the studies that you quote from Crotty and Sete look at in vitro examination of memory immunity, which in their paper they specifically say this does not necessarily pertain to the actual protection. It's in vitro. And what study can you point to that shows significant reinfection? There are no studies that show significant Are we we not allowed to ask questions anymore? Are we not allowed to? uh, Seriously, are we not allowed to ask questions anymore? I had this conversation yesterday. uh, A woman called me from Business Insider, wanted to talk about the whole uh, radio show thing and other stuff, my Facebook page. And, you know, she was a decent journalist. It's rare these days, but was asked honest questions and let me talk. And, you know, I brought this point up to her because she she had said to me that, I don't know, she had heard somewhere that I was anti-mask. And I said, where did I say that? Where did I say that exactly? Matter of fact, if you listen to my show and Audience archivist Judy can probably confirm this. I specifically said I'm not anti-mask. I'm anti-stupidity. If you want me to go in your business because it's your business, you have a sign on the door, you have to wear a mask. Fine, I put a mask on. It's not a big deal. But I actually rely on things like science. And I'm just not convinced 
that there's an overwhelming amount of data, as Rand Paul said, that if you're vaccinating, vaccinated, that it provides you any useful measure for anything. And he asks Fauci, like, can you actually provide data on this assertion that if you're vaccinated, it's a good idea to wear a mask? Why? Why is that? You may say, if you're listening, and I get it, and it's fair, you may say to yourself, well, what's the downside? Folks, there is a downside. There is a downside. The downside is, or by the way, are obvious if you've walked the streets anywhere near a hospital, if you've looked in public garbage can lately, there are masks everywhere. They're all over the place. When I was getting my radiation treatment, I walked down the street. There are masks littering the street everywhere. It reminds me of 1980s New York when people just threw their garbage out of the window of the cars. The streets were filthy. They had to do a public information campaign to get people to stop littering in the streets. It's not cost-free. Is that an unbelievably large cost that we should never wear a mask ever if the evidence proves out that it's helpful? No, I'm just suggesting stop pretending it's cost-free. If there is little to no risk, as Paul seems, Rand Paul seems to indicate from the data, then why aren't we adjusting our guidelines? As I said, we have lost our ability to calculate risk. Folks, listen to me. One of the best things I ever did was taking on a personal life lifelong passion now for economics. It is the, I know they call it what the dismal science. It's not, it's fascinating because it really gets into people's heads because it's not what people think. It's what people are willing to spend their money on and work for. That's what matters. I don't care what you think you value. I care what you actually buy, what you actually do. Don't tell me what you do. Show me it. Show me what you do, how you work, where you work, when you get your money, what you buy. That shows me who you are. Not what you talk about. Oh, I love to help the poor. Do you donate to charity? No, I don't donate. Then you really don't love to help the poor. You like to talk about helping the poor, right? Why does that have to do with this story? Because economics will show you we have lost our ability in the coronavirus era because of people like Dr. Fauci to calculate risk. You put a price on your life every single day, not me. You do it. Tell me, Guy, tell me anything here that's inaccurate. Joe, you've heard this before. Everyone gets in a car every single day knowing that there's a small chance they could be in a deadly car accident. People get on quads every day and they drive through national parks or whatever it may be. People have been hurt on quads. Small risk, but people get hurt. People take motorcycles. Every Joe had a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. A lot of people get hurt on more. Why do they do it? Because they're alive. And they want to live. And they want to enjoy their lives. And they understand the risk. And they adopt to that risk. They take a calculated risk because they want to live their lives. And I'm just asking, and I thank the Lord, and I'm not using his name in vain. Why are we attacking people like Rand Paul, a good, committed, liberty-loving senator from Kentucky, for asking questions like that? You're asking us to engage in this behavior, put this mask on, which most people don't like. It dehumanizes us, leads to tons of litter all over the place. I'm just asking you, is there any evidence that that minimizes the risk? And if there is, let's see it. If you're vaccinated, let's see it. And Fauci didn't like that question. Have we lost all of our ability to do this now? 
We calculate risk every day. It's all gone out the window, coronavirus. Shut down the airlines, shut down businesses, shut down this. Are we going to do that every time there's some novel virus we don't understand? It's a big thing to take on. All right, good for Rand Paul. Nice work. Always coming through in the clutch for us. All right, folks, moving on. So information warfare continues. Listen, when disinformation specialists and misinformation specialists, especially overseas, want to destroy the United States, cleave us in half and promote discord, they go to the same people every time. That's not a joke. They go to the media and they go to liberal anti-Trump suckers and anti-Trump rhinos. Listen to what I'm telling you. That's a very serious statement I just made. Digest the gravity of what I just told you because I said it deliberately and I mean every word of it. When foreign governments want to promote discord in the United States, what they do is they use tools in our media, toolboxes, and I don't mean that as a compliment, and liberal disinformation specialists to cause massive discord in the United States. The collusion hoax that Donald Trump was tarred with. Donald Trump's a Russian traitor colluded with Vladimir Putin to win the election. That was promoted by Russian disinformation specialists using idiots in the American media who were too stupid to see through the PP hoax, collusion hoax. And yes, I will continue to call it the PP hoax because that's how dumb that story was. Donald Trump got peed on by hookers in Russia. Are you an idiot that you actually, the guy's a germaphobe. Have you ever met him? He gives elbow bumps when you see, he doesn't even like to shake hands. And you think he had Russian hookers peeing on him. Are you, are, are you that dumb? If you're in the media, the answer sadly is yes. Why am I bringing up the pee-pee hoax again? Because it's back. The exact same people who were used by foreign governments pumping nonsense through Fusion GPS, the exact same people in the media are back telling us now that the Hunter Biden laptop story, that's Russian disinformation. That's disinformation. Don't buy the Hunter Biden stuff. Although we have the laptop with pictures of Hunter Biden. <laughs> Joe, remember that joke he used to do with the receipt? <laughs> we have the receipt. Yes. Hunter Biden's receipt dropping off Hunter Biden's laptop signed by Hunter Biden. Remember, <laughs> I don't repeat segments, but this one, man. Remember the Austin Powers movie? The, the penis pump thing. Remember that? And they're like, they take it out of storage. Austin Powers wakes up from storage and they got the, the, the pee pee pump. We'll call Remember that? And yes. he's like, that's not mine, baby. And they're like, uh, they're like piece number two receipt signed by Austin Powers <laughs> for the Australian pee pee pump. That's not my signature, baby. And then they pull out the video, how to use the Australian pee pee pump video by Austin. Powers. He's like, baby, that's not my, this is the Hunter Biden story. This is the Hunter Biden laptop. We have the receipt of Hunter Biden giving his laptop to this guy. There are pictures of Hunter Biden on the laptop and emails from Hunter Biden. And media people, not curious about what's on the laptop, the fact that Hunter Biden was kicking back money to the big guy, the now president of the United States, his dad from China. The media is not, they're not even remotely interested in that story. They're interested in pumping disinformation that the Hunter Biden story, it's from Russia. That's not my baby. They need Austin Powers and the pee-pee pump. You don't believe me? Remember Ken Delanian? Joe, I know you remember Fusion yeah. Ken. That's sure. his nickname, Fusion Ken Delaney. Fusion Ken. Who's, this, 
there is there is not a journalist with a worse reputation on the PP hoax and the collusion hoax than Fusion Ken. This guy, there are very serious allegations that he was fed information by Fusion GPS wasn't critical about it at all. And he was one of the lead purveyors of the collusion hoax. He's amazingly, he's still on the air. MSDNC still gives this joker a platform. He's back. Here's a video of Fusion Ken doing the Austin Powers. That's not mine, baby. This is Fusion Ken telling us, be very cautious. This Hunter Biden information could be Russian disinformation. He's not curious about the laptop at all. Check this out. The second big conclusion is something we knew a little about, but this provides much more detail, which is, yes, we knew that Russia was interfering, massive influence campaign led by Vladimir Putin, that they had disclosed. But this report goes into remarkable detail about how this Russian influence campaign essentially made pawns of people in the right-wing media and people close to Donald Trump by feeding them propaganda about alleged corruption uh, by Joe Biden and his son in Ukraine and getting them to repeat it uh, on documentaries and programs and and through tr President Trump himself. And one of the key figures was Andre Durkacz, a parliamentarian who was feeding information to Rudy Giuliani and Republican members of Congress. And this report, which was prepared mostly during the Trump administration by career intelligence officials, Steph, makes no bones about the fact that these Trump aides were repeating Russian propaganda directed by Vladimir Putin. <laughs> it's unbelievable. He's not even remotely curious if the information is accurate. Is, is that Hunter Biden's laptop? He actually signed for it. Those are pictures of Hunter Biden with emails from Hunter Biden that nobody in the Biden family disputes. He's not interested in that at all. He just wants you to go, look, look, squirrel, shiny red ball. He said, this is an alleged journalist. This joker is still on the air. I'm sorry to make it personal, but I just can't believe that these guys with zero credibility told you the collusion hoax was real, despite no information whatsoever that that's an accurate statement. He's still on the air and they still nod their heads in approval when he talks. These guys are clowns. Now, showing you what he said, because we actually do evidence on this show. That, oh, this Hunter Biden story is Russian disinformation. Here again is the Washington Examiner from yesterday. Re-upping a story again. Beckett Adams, Washington Examiner. No, a newly declassified report doesn't prove the Hunter Biden laptop story was, quote, Russian disinformation. You can read that story in yesterday's newsletter. Again, Bongino.com slash newsletter. If you want to subscribe, I email that out every day. Did, I mean, did Ken Delanian, can he even read? Is this guy capable of reading? Is he, is he, can he not put words together? Here's another one. Kendall, did you notice what he said at the end? Joe, did you catch it? He said, these were intelligence officials from the Trump era. They're <laughs> insisting the Hunter Biden story, Russian disinformation. Here is Joe, noted yeah. right wing, hardcore conservative outlet. Get ready. USA Today, of <laughs> course, that is with dripping from my fangs with sarcasm. Here's yeah. USA Today. DNI John Ratcliffe, who was the director of national intelligence under Trump. Russia disinformation is not behind the published emails targeting Biden, FBI reviewing. Wait, wait, Ken Fusion Ken, PP hoax Ken just told us that it was Trump people who think that this Hunter Biden thing is all misinformation. That's really weird. 
Because when you go to the actual head of the intelligence community under Trump, he goes, no, no, that's not right. Who are you going to believe? Fusion PP hoax can, or are you going to believe John Ratcliffe? PP hoax can, John Ratcliffe. PP hoax can, John. I think I'm going to go with John Ratcliffe on that one. Just, just checking. He's <laughs> <laughs> such a weirdo. Federalist. Here we go. Remember this article by the great Lee Smith on my birthday, December 4th? This is from 2017. This is in the newsletter today, too. It's an older article, but worth your time now. Fusion GPS scandal implicates the media in possible pay-to-publish scheme. Who gets mentioned in this one? John Ratcliffe? Donald Trump? Who? No, no. Fusion Ken. PP hoax Ken. He's right there in the piece. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Federalist. Defeating friendly media anti-Trump smears. Carol Lee of NBC News is another Wall Street Journal alum, and at her new job, she's worked on Russiagate stories with Ken Deladian, a reporter Browder believes to be a regular and reliable purveyor of Fusion GPS manufactured talking points. There he is. There he is. PP hoax Ken back again. You may want to read that piece, by the way. It's a great piece by Lee Smith from 2017, but you'll see how the media played a primary role in making you believe that the collusion hoax was real. And these people are still back on the air. And MSDNC takes them seriously. All right, I'm going to get to my uh, second sponsor here. And then on the other side of this, I want to, I got to play a brief video of Jen Psaki, who circles back on herself in the same sentence because she gets lost in the euphemisms game. You know the euphemisms games the Democrats always play? (laughs) They're not illegal immigrants. They're undocumented potential residents. It wasn't spying. It was questionable surveillance activities. The euphemisms game. Saki does that to herself and has to circle back on herself in the same sense. You don't want to miss that. All right. Today's show brought to you by friends. At, there it is. There it is. We the people holsters. We're living in uncertain times. We, what? There's what? If you're listening on audio. My holster. That's what it, I thought I made it. You're like, what is that? Look at that. Perfect. Love that holster. Uncertain times are here, right? Now you realize the importance of the Second Amendment. If you're looking for a perfect accessory to go with that perfect firearm, get an American-made holster from our friends at We The People Holsters. This is my actual We The People holster. It's a printed one. It's for my Glock 43. Starting at just $40, We The People Holsters are custom molded. You see that? This is not a one-size-fits-all piece of junk. This is a unbelievably well-constructed, custom-molded piece to fit your exact firearm. You get a click when you put it in there. I love that because I need security. They have thousands of options, including an amazing selection of printed holsters. Again, this is my actual We The People holster. It says We The People on it. Their proprietary clip design in the back allows for you to easily adjust the cant and the ride so it's comfortable and secure at all times. That's what matters to me. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. While you're there, check out their premium printed hoodies, long sleeve shirts, and their new EDC tactical gun belt, which comes paired with the patented Cobra buckle. Every holster and gun belt comes with a lifetime guarantee. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a full refund. How do you get this great offer? Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Get an additional $10 off with the offer code Dan. That's wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Check them out. They got really cool stuff over there. All right. Getting back to the show. So here is Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, who I, I'm, I'm, I listen, I, obviously it's hard for me to be in any way objective. I'm a conservative libertarian. Uh, I don't like what they're doing at the White House, but 
trying for a moment to be objective. Jen Psaki is just doing an awful job. She just is. She is not. She is definitely no Kaylee McEnany. I can tell you that. My mother always used to say, I can tell you that. Here's video here of Kaylee McEnany having to circle back on herself, talking about the immigration crisis. That, oh, we're not allowed to call it a crisis. Except she does. And watch her catch herself later. And she, it's just, this is one of the most embarrassing cuts from a White House press secretary I've ever seen. Check this out. Were there expectations set with the Mexicans that they helped deal with the situation on the border? The, we, there, have been, there, have, there have been expectations set outside of, uh, unrelated to uh, any vaccine doses or requests for them, that they would be partners in dealing with the crisis on the border. When you were talking a moment ago about diplomatic negotiations between the United States and Mexico, um, you said crisis on the border. Is, is, was that a... Uh, Challenges issue? on the border. Uh, so weak. This is so we isn't this pathetic. This is so sad and pathetic. No, no. Challenges. Did I say crisis? You have a hundred thousand people a month crossing into a country. We have no idea who they are. Completely gaffing off our immigration laws. Like, ah, nah, whatever. Immigration, immigration. We're just going to cross the border when we feel like it. And Saki, she's like, yeah, it's a crisis. No, no, I didn't mean crisis. I didn't mean crisis. It's just a challenge at the border. Weak, weak. and What's really going on? Totally pathetic. The border's collapsing, folks. That's obvious. And I'm going to tell you a dirty little secret here that I've heard from my sources. Biden absolutely knows it. He knows this administration, they're in a lot of trouble at the border. And why? Because, folks, you can't ignore it anymore. Cameras are pervasive now. Social media, for all my beefs with Twitter and Facebook, it's pervasive. Pretty much everyone in America either has a Facebook, Twitter, or Parler, or Gab, CloudHub account, whatever it may be. Or you know someone who does. And with the pervasive nature of cameras and camera technology and phones, you can't hide the crisis anymore. People who live in Texas, Arizona, I mean, even, uh, you know, Southern California, New Mexico, they just have to go out and say, look, look at what's going on. I saw this at the border. You know, uh, a photojournalist, journalists, independent journalists writing on Substack and elsewhere, not subjected to the media propaganda machine, are taking videos of literally lines of hundreds of immigrants using coyotes to cross the uh, uh, the Rio Grande and enter the United States illegally. Everybody sees it. Folks, that wasn't that easy to do back in the Reagan era. Nobody had a camera phone. You had to get a news crew down there. You had to get a satellite truck in. Nobody has to do that anymore. There was no internet in the Reagan era. What did you do? You had to get a satellite truck, wire everything, run cable to get. That's not happening anymore. Biden is he's being bombarded with social media clips of immigrants just wildly crossing the border all over the United States. Hundreds of people walking in and they're now recognizing this is not working. We've got to do something. So what are they doing? Look at this great article by Twitchy. Be in the newsletter today. What are they doing? I mean, you want to talk about an epic fail? 
The same guy who bashed Trump endlessly about his immigration policies, always now emulating Trump's immigration policies, basically tacitly admitting Trump was right the whole time. Here's an article by Twitchy by Doug P. New York Times reports Biden administrations quietly reverting to echoing Trump era policies to slow migrants headed to the U.S. So just to be clear, they've spent the last. What is it, Joe? Uh. Now, two years mm. since the campaign and the election, everything. Last two years calling Trump a misogynist, a racist, a, what we call the istophobic phobophobes. Yes. Put any word with, with an ist or... Guy, do you know about istophobic phobophobes? It makes sense, right? Any Just any word with an ist or misogynist, racist, transophobe, homophobe. That's what they've been calling Trump for the past two years. So if Trump is all those things, then why exactly is the Biden administration realizing through the pervasive use of cameras that, and by the way, they don't care about illegal immigration. But I don't think for a second I'm suggesting to you, I want to be crystal clear because I don't want to get a lot of hate mail on this, that Biden and his administration give a damn about illegal immigration. They want it. Are we clear? Everybody oh. cool? Thumbs up? Amen. Thank you. I just want to be sure. I don't want to, they want it. What's bothering them is the cameras, maybe I wasn't clear enough, are creating a political problem for them. They don't consider illegal immigration a problem at all. The cameras are creating a political problem they know they have to fix. Here, from the Twitchy piece, quote, now the reality's kicked in. Biden's saying, don't come over. However, they're still coming over. And the New York Times is reporting that the Biden administration is taking drastic measures, and that seems to include a return to Trump policy. In the Twitchy piece, you can see this Tweet from the New York Times, breaking news. The Biden administration's quietly pressing Mexico to curb migrants coming to the U.S. That sounds like something Trump did. Mexican officials said a move echoing Trump era policies. Can I tie this back to the beginning why I love economics so much? Because again, economics divorces you from the emotion of a conversation and makes you focus on the reality of it. What do people work for? Where do they choose to work? When they work to get money, where do they spend that money? That's what matters, not what they say they want. Oh, I I want a bunch of liberal policies. Well, what does economics say about liberal policies? It says that in places where liberal policies dominate, people are moving out, taking the money they earn to buy houses to get away from liberal policies. So you can talk all the... You get the word. You can talk all the smack you want. The hard reality is economics, the dismal science of economics says you are full of stuff. Because when you vote liberal policies in, in places like New York and California, you see a mass exodus from those states. You may say you love open borders and illegal immigration, but once you realize the hard economics of how people allocate their time and voting patterns, And you start to study that, you realize you got a political problem when what you said you wanted, illegal immigration, actually happens and people find out about it. This is kind of a separate story moving on, but it's related. And the segue here is you'll see it in a minute, but I don't want to miss the story. I had it in yesterday's show and I, it just, we got yesterday's show, which is so loaded with information. We didn't get have enough time to get to it, but this will be in my newsletter. Read this story, please. It's worth your time. Again, Bongino.com slash newsletter to follow my newsletter every day. The Federalist. This is a great story by Christopher Jacobs. How woke whites are turning minorities into Republican voters. Ha! Again, going back to science and data. How woke white 
bow tie wearing wokesters, as Matt Gates calls them, woketopians, white, rich, upper crust, elitist snob liberals. They can tell you all, and they can talk all day. Oh, legal immigration's good. We have to help people. We have to do all this. They don't actually do any of that. And matter of fact, large swaths of the population in the United States who were not woke white liberals, when you look at the data, are starting to say, yeah, I don't think that open borders illegal immigration thing is for me. Liberals are too dopey to pick up on this, though, because they believe they're helping. That they're missing is the entire massive numbers of people are moving in large swaths away from liberal woke Democrats to the Republican Party because liberals live on emotion and they don't live on hard reality. Here's screenshot one from this story. And by the way, let me just add this in. I was mocked, which is fine, part of the business. I have a thin skin. I don't have a thick skin. Um, but still, I was mocked for suggesting on Fox News multiple times this week that President Trump has moved the needle with Hispanic votes positively in the GOP direction, despite the fact that he was relatively hard on illegal immigration. People, oh, liberals, what an idiot. Okay, well, you don't believe in data like I do. So let's see who the real idiot is from this Federalist piece. Here's screenshot number one. While the Democrat vote increased by seven percentage points amongst white college graduates in 2020, their support among African-Americans dropped by one to two percentage points. Remember this from that story last week? Among Hispanics, it dropped by eight to nine points. And as much as 14 to 15 points in area like in areas like South Florida, that is an apocalypse, folks. And among Asian Americans, by roughly five points. Sure, this is that liberal poster who wrote that story we talked about last week. Sure notes that, quote, I don't think a lot of people expected Trump's GOP to have a much more diverse support base than Mitt Romney's did in 2012. But that's exactly what happened. So again, who, who's the real dunce to all the liberals that listen to my show and you love to, you know, laugh and are you, are, who's the stupid one? You, you or me, you do the whole data thing. I thought, I thought science, I thought you did. So we're going to get to that block next about Democrat. You sensing a theme in today's show, Democrats are all about the science and the data. And yet when you go to the actual science and the actual data, it says the exact opposite of what the liberals are telling you. From the Federalist piece, another interesting thing this guy Shore, S-H-O-R, had to say. Shore's a liberal, by the way. I think his name's David Shore. I'm not, I'm not really sure, but I, I cited his piece last week. What does Shore think Democrats should do about this looming catastrophe? <laughs> they got a solution, folks. Come back to me for a minute again. You would think, you would think, Joe, if you were sane, the Democrats' solution would be, hey, these woketopian white liberals pushing open borders, socialism, confiscatory taxes, government-run health care. Joe, a sane person would say, we're driving away Hispanic, Black, and Asian voters. Maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe yeah. we should moderate a little bit and like advocate for crazy ideas like liberty and freedom. I know that's nuts, and it's a stretch for you. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be what you would say? Mm -hmm. Why are we losing yeah. these people? Why? Well, they don't seem to like the whole socialism thing. Maybe we should... No, 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 that's not their solution. Oh. Sure, solution is... Let's just gerrymander the election and admit new states so we can steal elections in the future. <laughs> right up the Democrats' alley. Huh. Total, 
Go back to the piece. Rather than moderating their policy, Shore thinks that the left should use the current Congress to tilt the playing field permanently in its direction. These people are unreal. They are unbelievable. By requiring red states to redraw their congressional districts in a more pro-Democrat manner and admitting new states that will increase Democratic votes in the Senate. Here's the quote from Shore. Since the maps in, the, in, in Congress are so biased against us, if we don't pass a redistricting reform, our chance of keeping the House is very low. And in the Senate, it's even more biased against us than the House. So it's also very important that we add as many states as we can. This <laughs> is the Democrats. Never, ever a moment of actual self-reflection. Never. Never a moment of what are we doing wrong that's driving sane minority voters over to the GOP that maybe we should reflect on. None of that. Their solution is, well, we're obviously totalitarians. So how do we push the beach ball under the water even more? I've got it. Let's rig Congress through massive gerrymandering and add two states so our crazy ideas can't lose. It, the... <laughs> Lack of the of ability by woke topian liberals to look in the mirror and see how stupid their ideas are is one of the great conundrums of my time. It reminds me of a quote. I, I hate quotes, but sometimes they're really good, and I use them often. If you've never read The Natural by Bernard Malamud, you, you have to. The book is better than the movie. The movie ends totally differently, by the way. I don't know if you know that. I don't want to spoil the book, but. Trust me, it's nothing like the ending of the movie. You know, the movie with Robert Redford, The Natural. There's a quote in the book that's spectacular. The, the, one of the female characters in the book, you know, says, we all live two lives. The one we learn from and the one we live after that. Says that to Roy Hobbs. I say that because liberals have a unique capacity, and I do mean unique, to never get past stage one. They don't learn from anything. They don't reach the life lived after that. We all live two lives. It's so true. The life we learn from through mistakes and then the new and better and reformed person after that. Not liberals. They pass a bunch of liberal junk in New York City. People move out. They move to Florida. They vote the same junk in here and they do it again. It's like the beatings will continue until morale improves. Let me smash my head on the decks because it feels better when it stops. This is working well. Let's uh, open up the borders as long as it imposes costs on border towns and not on me. And then Joe, Joe's in Maryland. I know you remember this. Remember Joe in Montgomery County? They call it occupied Montgomery County in Maryland because it's one of the most liberal counties in the entire country. And it's very wealthy, by the way. It's the suburbs of D.C., Montgomery County was all about illegal immigration until illegal immigrants started showing up in their neighborhoods. And then everybody was like, whoa, whoa. Let's dial this stuff back a little bit. I was cool with it when it only affected Texas border towns, but I didn't think people would show up in my neighborhood. Yeah, about that. They never, ever, liberals, ever get to the life lived after the life they learned from, ever. They are mentally immune to facts. Again, they're all about the science until the science kicks them in the teeth. I'll show you another story about that. So let me get to my, my next sponsor, our friends at Relief Band. But I've got a few more stories about this I cannot leave the week without getting to about how liberals cannot possibly be for science and data because the data says the opposite of what liberals are telling you. Don't miss this. 
All right, our last sponsor today, our friends at Relief Band. Uh, folks, on a very serious note, this product really got me through some super tough times with uh, when I went through the, the chemotherapy. Obviously, you get nauseous. Relief Band, um, I mean, we talk about the perfect sponsor for the perfect time. My wife uses it when she gets nauseous with migraines, but I used it the entire four cycles I took of an ABVD chemo, and it really helped me a lot. Do you know a third of Americans, this is my actual band right here, that a third of Americans regularly suffer from nausea. That's why I'm so excited about our partner and have been a relief band. It's the real deal. Relief band is the number one FDA cleared anti-nausea wristband. It's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, like my wife gets, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. It's 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, provides all natural relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now through Relief Band, it's available to the masses. Relief Band stimulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea. It's really simple. There's the power button to turn it on. There's how you turn it up. Simple as that. Relief Band is the only over-the-counter wearable device that has been used in hospitals and oncology clinics to treat nausea and vomiting. It works. It worked for me. It works for me within seconds of putting the power button on. Ensure, I didn't even have to turn it up that high. Ensure nausea is never the reason to miss out on life's important moments. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for the Dan Bongino Show listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money back guarantee. So head to reliefband.com and use our promo code Bongino today for 20% off. It works, folks. You will not regret it. Works really, really well. Thanks, Relief Band. We appreciate it. All right, getting back to the show. All right, Guy, I'm determined to get these stories in. So if I don't motor through them, give me like one of these, speed, speed it up, buddy. Again, Democrats, no ability to self-reflect at all, claim to be the party of science and data, yet never actually produce science or data. So you may say, well, what's the data on their latest push? Fight for 15, Joe. A $15 an hour minimum wage. I wonder where they developed that slogan. The fight for 50. Well, there's three Fs. That sounds cool. Some Democrat probably wow. said, hey, it rhymes. No, it actually doesn't, but it sounds good. <laughs> so here's an article in the Wall Street Journal where we actually have the science and data on raising the minimum wage. So what does it say? Don't worry. Your liberal friends will not process any of this. So why am I talking about it? Because you probably have some friends who are Democrats and who are sane who may actually process some of this and say, gosh, Dan Bongino's right. The data does say that the minimum wage getting hiked will destroy some jobs. What's the piece? Now, I put this in the newsletter today. Uh, let me just put a little caveat in there. The Wall Street Journal is typically subscription only. So don't get mad at me if you click on it and it says subscription only. Sometimes they make some of the articles free. I took a chance today. The article is this. Raising the minimum wage will definitely cost jobs. A survey of the economics research shows the likelihood of a substantial reduction in employment by David Newmark. But folks, can, can the headline of that piece get any more clear? Am I missing something? So David Newmark, who doesn't strike me as some hard partisan, by the way, David Newmark said, I looked at all the data out there and quote, the results are stark. Across all industries, 79% of the studies, 79%, folks, that's a lot for the liberals listening, report that minimum wages reduced employment. In 46% of studies, the negative effect of minimum wage was statistically significant. 
In contrast, only 21% of studies found small positive effects of minimum wages on employment, and only a minuscule 4% of those studies was the evidence statistically significant. Folks, that's called data. Data. A simplistic but useful calculation shows that the odds of nearly 80% of studies finding negative employment effects if the true effect is zero is less than one in a million. That's called data. Numbers, science, research, scientific method, suggest the hypothesis, test the the hypothesis, publish the hypothesis, have other people confirm. Folks, the data is clear. So why are the Democrats pumping a policy we know, according to the data, will cost jobs? Because they've never gotten to that second life. They're still in that first life. The life you learn from. Why are they stuck in the first life? Because they haven't learned anything from their mistakes or the data because they're lost in emotion. Just like they're lost in emotion on the crisis at the border. We have to help people. We do help people. We're the most generous country in the world. Opening the border to people entering the country illegally, and we don't even know who they are, is not helping people. It's screwing up border towns that you don't live in. That's not kindness. That's being an... I'm buzzing myself. When we go to terrestrial radio, where Armacost will be joining me, big announce, um, Joe will have to buzz... Me on the radio there. I'm just kidding. Westwood's freaking out. I will not curse (laughs) on your terrestrial radio stations. I promise. You can't do that. Data. Data, folks. It matters. The data is conclusive. They just want minimum wage because it sounds cute and they think they can get votes and it helps their union members that support them because a lot of union wages are indexed to minimum wage, even though they know it's going to screw up the job market. All right, moving on. More data, more data. I know this is hard, folks. Little wonky show at the end today. And I know Democrats are scratching their heads like, oh my gosh, what do I do? I have to actually look at data now? That's crazy. I thought I was the party of science. So Joe Biden is pushing this dreadful new police reform bill, folks. And the Democrats kind of got screwed over by this because they timed this police reform, dreaded air quotes, bill for the George Floyd trial, which has now been, is on hiatus because of jury selection, all kinds of other stuff. So the Democrats who tried to time it because they're all about tying bills to emotional topics like George Floyd's trial, they got screwed over because the trial's not a big news story right now. So Democrats don't know what to do. Another article in the Wall Street Journal, a police reform crossroads. Democrats can choose to compromise or continue dividing the country. So what is in this police reform bill that the Democrats are pushing? Well, this is one of the worst ideas I've ever heard in the history of policing. I have a little bit of experience in that. I did a few minutes in police departments and secret service for a couple of days. But I'm not as experienced as Ken Delanian. Um, he is an intelligence and law enforcement expert at, well, at, no. he's like, at NBC. No. <laughs> no one's as experienced. He knows mm. a lot more than I. I'm sure he spent a lot of time in the streets chasing down bad guys and stuff. So the Wall Street Journal says, listen, this new bill would require police departments to give a racial breakdown of practices like pedestrian and traffic stops. Uh, okay, um, that's interesting. You may say, again, if you're if you're in your first life, you haven't reached your second life yet, you don't learn from your own mistakes, you're saying to yourself, because you're an emotional creature and you don't do facts or facts or data or anything like that, which makes you a liberal who lives on emotion, you're like, 
Well, Dan, that sounds, we should know exactly the racial breakdown of everyone the police talk to. Well, what, what's the point of that? Well, we're going to stop this systemic racism. Do you have actual evidence of that systemic racism? I'll get to that in a second. No, you don't. Um, but what's the effect of that? You know, again, sane people who move on to the second life and learn from mistakes like this would say, well, what will be the effect of having law enforcement officers document in intricate detail every single pedestrian traffic stop and break it down on race? What would happen then? Well, when you remove qualified immunity and you open up the same law enforcement officers to lawsuits, what happens, Joe, if you work in largely minority neighborhoods where basically because of the demographic breakdown of the neighborhood you work in, pretty mm-hmm. much everyone you stop in that neighborhood would be Hispanic or black or Asian That's or whatever right. it may be. You're potentially opening yourself up to massive lawsuits for doing this crazy thing like doing your job. Now, to be crystal clear, every citizen as a strong libertarian conservative should have the right to make a civilian complaint against police officers. They've been treated illegally, unprofessionally. We pay for the police departments. Everyone. And every police department in the country now has that process. But aggregating data on race to show that pedestrian stops and traffic stops, basing it on what? The systemic racism? You would think you would want to show first that the systemic racism actually exists. Again, I'm just asking you for data. I know this is complicated. Show me the problem you're trying to fix. It's systemic racism. Well, here's the data on systemic racism. This story may sound familiar because we covered it earlier last week. Wall Street Journal. Biden claiming, quote, systemic racism in policing defies the science. There's that science word again. There it is, Joe. Science. Dang. So we do have science and data on, quote, systemic racism. And if it exists, well, liberals told us it exists. That's why we need all this racial data, everything cops do. Well, does it? Because here's the actual data. You know, again, libs, like fax vaccine, thick skulls, try to crack through that for just a minute. Quote, in a report released days before Biden's inauguration, the Justice Department examine whether people of different races were arrested to a degree disproportionate to their involvement in crime. The report concluded that there was, I just want to make sure I'm reading this right, no statistically significant difference by race between how likely people were to commit serious violent crimes and how likely they were to be arrested. In other words, the data suggested that police officers and sheriff's deputies focus on criminals' actions, not their race. So, uh, again, I know you're bathed in emotion. If you're a Democrat, I'm going to skip the second one, Guy. I'm going to go right to the President Harris thing because I want to make sure we, we don't want, I don't want to leave the show with any more material left over. <laughs> we, it, we're we're going to do a Land of Misfit Toys show that every story that doesn't make it, it's going to be, that's a good idea from Guy. Maybe we'll make it a Saturday special and we'll run through them quick. But no, tying this up, again, to my Bernard Malamud natural story. Conservatives live those two lives. They learn from their mistakes. They analyze the data. They analyze the science. They analyze what's happening anecdotally, what's happening in front of their eyes. And we adjust. We lift and shift. That's not what liberals do. 
They do the same stupid things over and over again. They never ask, and then what? They base their public policy in these latest attack on police officers. They base it on evidence that doesn't exist. We should have a, a healthy, vibrant civilian complaint process. We should have a healthy, vibrant oversight of police officers. They have the most profound powers in the country. They can take your freedom and take your life if they have to. Of course we need oversight. But demographic breakdowns of every single stop they make for the clear purpose while taking away their qualified immunity of subjecting them to lawsuits with no evidence to back it up? What's the point of that? Let me tell you what's really going to happen. Because I was a police officer, unlike Ken Delanian. What are you going to have? Is, is there going to, I'm not, these are serious questions. Is there going to be some quota instituted every month for people you can stop? And after that, you know, the police union rep is like, hey guys, you know, 80% of the stops in this largely Hispanic neighborhood where Hispanic males, we have to what? Diversify the stops? You're just going to start randomly stopping what? White people to diversify your stuff? Don't laugh. These are serious questions. It's not a joke. The evidence shows people stop people based on crime. Police stop people based on crime. I just read it to you. That they don't do it based on race. So you're trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist. That's going to create a new problem. You need to diversify your stops. How? Just randomly stopping people who did nothing wrong? That's not a joke. I'm not trying to be silly. I actually work the streets. I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. Some union rep is going to come in and say, hey, guys, we got a problem here. The demographic breakdown of the stops isn't matching up with what the government wants. Uh, hey, Sarge, we're stopping people because they, there are crime reports and they met, they, they met the description. That's not good enough. Just stop randomly stop. Start randomly stopping other people. Oh, gosh, we live in the, we are in like a stupid vacuum right now. All right. We're going to end on a, I, I have a heroes of the week. We haven't done any heroes of the day this week. So I have a heroes of the week. I'm going to get that, but I want to get this video first. This was a suggestion of Gee. I rarely listen to any producers on the show and do my own thing, but yeah, Gee's been getting good. Joe sends me stuff sometimes too. He sent me this this morning and it kind of reminds me of a story I told you a few weeks ago. Folks, I warned you, I'm not trying to personally attack the president. He's, he's a terrible president, but I don't want to make it overly personal, even though I think he's a terrible guy. I'm telling you, my sources are telling me that Joe Biden is not only deteriorating ment mentally, cognitively, that it's happening at a rapid rate. A rapid rate. My sources, by the way, are, are not impeachable. He's in a lot of trouble. This is not a good thing. I don't care about your politics. Or this is the president of the United States who has the ability to launch a nuclear strike and annihilate humanity. And you're telling me that he's not cognitively all there. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Who the heck is in charge at the White House, folks? Well, Joe Biden slips a lot. Here's who's in charge at the White House. Must be matched with fairness and equity. Now, when President Harris and I took uh, a virtual tour of a vaccination center in Arizona. Oh, damn, that was just a slip. Eh, maybe. Not the information I'm getting. Yeah, 
Guy's right. That's like third time. That's like the 10th time. Guy's like, I think yeah. that's the third time. It's probably closer to the 30th time. Folks, this is really serious. It is getting really, really bad at the White House. Really bad. And getting worse. Remember, the rate of change, the rate of change, or the rate of change is going up. All right, let's wrap up the show with our on a good note. It's been a great week for me, for you. You all put me here. Thank you again. I am so thrilled to be taking over this terrestrial radio spot. Thanks to you. Um, it's such a tremendous honor. It's been such an amazing week. Our show's rebounded nicely. You know, you get those post-election doldrums. So I really appreciate all of that. But uh, we like to do these heroes of the day once in a while because sometimes the news is so macabre. You're like, let's do some good stuff. For this one, I've got the heroes of the week. And very rarely, Joe, Joe doesn't know this. He has already been briefed on the segment. Joe does not know. Very rarely do we have a hero of the day, or in this case, heroes of the week, who've done nothing at all. I mean, you'd think if you were a hero, you were like the new Justice League thing where, you know, you got Superman coming back from the end to fight like Darkseid or whatever. I haven't seen it, but I, I, I maybe I'll watch this. I don't know. Did you see it? No, he didn't see it either. So, hmm. no, no, that's a very, these heroes had to do something. Not these heroes. These heroes did absolutely nothing. And that's why the heroes, what is it? Go to our newsletter to read this story. Fox Business, Kate Sheehy, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's fan-created GoFundMe page ends after dismal showing report. Yes, yes, yes. Joe does not know this story. Joe, would you agree? Our heroes of the week are the people who did not donate to this dreadful GoFundMe from the Fox Business Report. This is hilarious. A GoFundMe page set up to pay off the mortgage on Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's $14.6 million estate. What the hell has gone bust after raising how much? A million, two million, 110 million? No, it raised $110, oh. a report says. <laughs> yes. Thank you to the heroes of the week, the people who did nothing on this GoFundMe. You, you are, if I had a, maybe I got to get a, I, mean, I can't even say get a trophy. People will send it to me. I need a plaque for you to send to the 330 million Americans who did not donate to this dreadfully stupid idea to pay off Meghan and Harry's $14.6 million estate. <laughs> $110. Key brought up a great point. He's like, who's this idiot who gave $110? I don't know. Maybe it was Ken Delaney. All right, folks. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Again, we had a nice rebound this week. Means the world to me. Please subscribe to my show, uh, my podcast. It really helps us a lot. Go to rumble.com slash Bongino. We're at 1.44 million subscribers. I'd love to get to 1.5 before the launch of the radio show. Again, but the podcast isn't going nowhere. Subscribe today, rumble.com slash Bongino. Thanks for tuning in this week and today. Really appreciate it. We'll see you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.